So I don't know about y'all, uh, but growing up, uh, we went to Christmas Eve services every year. It was part of our tradition, part of our family tradition. It was the thing that we did, and 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 it was one of those things that um, you know I, I I remember all the components, even the components we're doing here tonight. Right? I remember the the candlelight services that we went to. I remember the crazy ones that had live animals. Thought that's that's weird having a donkey walking in church or something, right? It's like, but we had all these things, right? The candlelight, the the live events, the nativity. You know, I just watched and like you, know, you remember the the live nativity where you had that kid with the plastic baby going like this in the middle of him standing there so long, right? There's all these different experiences that that went with with Christmas. And, and those were, and, and I, can, I can literally, like many of you, I have these, just these vivid memories. I, you know, probably one of the most vivid memories was, you know, a long time ago now, but I remember getting this national championship lamp for the University of Georgia Bulldogs, right? And I remember, like, with Christmas Eve, it was like, this is the pinnacle of Christmas ever, right? I just remember all of these times and all these moments. I, I remember, honestly, probably like some of you, I remember those Christmas Eves of being really let down. We didn't, we didn't do anything cool, right? We didn't do anything fun. It was just these let down moments. And, and I just have all these memories, all these memories of Christmas Eve and all of these times. And I remember in some of these that they were solemn events, right? They were these solemn events. And that's, which makes sense because obviously the birth of Jesus is something special. It's, it's, it's something that's solemn in the sense of what it means for us, right? It's a, it really is a, a holy moment. We sing, Oh, holy night, right? Which represents this, a, the solemn nature of it, just this deep and, and, and abiding work of God in the context of, of earth and what he does for us. Because this, this night, it literally de- redefined history. It literally redefined history and all that we know about it, right? The, the incarnation, that's a word that you need to take home with you, right? I didn't say reincarnation. I said incarnation. That's not like that, that, that uh, like milk stuff you make out of powder even, right? I'm talking like the incarnation, right? This idea of, of God. Looking at earth and says he had, had, he was, he had favor. We read in Luke that the favor that men had, right? Just in the eyes of God. And he said, it makes, it's good. It's good for me to come as a human being. It's good for me to do this. It's good for you that I do this. It's good for humanity. It's good for the world. The incarnation, God with skin on it. So Jesus came and, and then we, then we wrestled for really a long time after that of, and just wrestling through theology of what is the Trinity and what does that really mean? And we have all these different ideas and we landed and all this stuff, the incarnation, Jesus and God and Holy Spirit and, and Jesus is man and right and coming. And, and it's just this, this radical moment. It's a holy moment. It's something that ultimately we believe only God could bring about. And so we come in this moment, and it is a solemn moment, right? It's God coming, it's doing this unbelievably beautiful and powerful thing for us. But I don't want in the moment for it to, for it to be lost that in this solemn celebration of the reality of Jesus coming to earth, God in flesh, that, that he stepped into a broken and less than ideal situation, that his coming, literally in a practical, real, realistic sense, he stepped into a just a, a very difficult, difficult situation. Literally, here he is, 
We just read it. Mary and Joseph, right? They're heading down for this census, and all of a sudden they, they can't find room in the inn, so they park themselves in the, in the side room of someone's house, a glorified barn, right? Where they bring basically their, their, their best animals. They bring it into this part of the house. It's connected, and they would say, we don't have any room, but we have this place where the animals reside, right? You've heard the story so many times, you've become literally almost immune to it. You could tell it yourself, but have you ever really tried to put yourself in their place, right? Literally going from door to door, can't find a place, and finally someone says, well, listen, all I have is this room over here. It's where I bring the animals in at night, and they're like, that'll work. And they're like, really, are you being serious? They're like, yeah, we need, to be, we need someplace. She's about to give, ah! she starts screaming, right? Okay, come in, hurry. End of the moment. This was less than ideal. Women, how many of you would have chosen this for your birth style? No one in this room, right? No one ultimately would have wanted that, would have ultimately chosen that. And Jesus was born into this situation. And it's, and it's not just any Jesus, This is the Jesus. You see, the name Jesus in that day and age was one of the most common names. Joshua, Yeshua, right? It was one of the most common names out there. It means Jehovah is his help, that God is Savior. So many people had this name. And so if I said, Jesus has been born, they're like, which one? There are hundreds of them. I've got 30 that are like best friends of mine, right? This is a common name, but this is the Jesus, right? This is the incarnation. This is God in flesh having come to earth for the brokenness of humanity. See, that's the thing. He came for the brokenness of humanity. Why? Because sin reigned on in the world. Man had made a, this had made a mess of things. Human beings made a mess of things. And God's like, I've got to step down. I've got to break the power of sin. So he steps into brokenness. We all understand the brokenness. We still recognize the brokenness of the world in which we live. But he came and, and stepped into the brokenness of our world. Isaiah once said, in the midst of the brokenness of his own time, a moment of of great felt desperation. Hear those two words together, felt desperation. Those are two, two common words that probably go together a lot, even in the day and age in which we live. He was experiencing, as a people, experiencing felt desperation. And he said to God, he prayed, I'm going to guess more than just like a little, oh God, but more of like a spoken outward, oh, that you would rend Oh, that you would rend or or tear the heavens and come down. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, God. You see the place of desperation in which we're living. Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would step into our time, that you would step into this place, right? The prophet recognized not just his own need, but but primarily instead the, the need of his people, the need of, of his of his of his countrymen, right? People in need of God's intervention in their life. It was a broken time, a broken season, and they were in need of God intervening. And this prayer, this prayer was answered in the story and the reality of Christmas. As followers of Jesus, that's what we believe, that, that the prayer was answered literally in the moment of Jesus coming. God came down in Mary. This is the miracle 
of God with us. The miracle of God with us, Mary pregnant with a miracle child, soon to be the Savior of all humanity, the Son of God, God in flesh, sent because we've been told God so loved the world that he sent his only Son, that in our brokenness he came down, right? But the beautiful picture for us is that he did not come down into privilege. He did not come down into perfection. He came down into the midst of a, of a broken situation. He was not wanted, Literally not wanted as he spent the first years of his life on the run from a king who wanted him dead, right? He experienced the death of his earthly father and caretaker Joseph at an early age, right? And he, and he, and he experienced this death and all of a sudden in a moment he, he lived this common average life, but now as the eldest son of a large family, meaning that the weight of the family responsibilities rested on his shoulders. He was born out of wedlock. That's a big deal in our day and age. Massive deal during his day and age. Oh my gosh, you hear Mary got Mary, Mary's pregnant. Did you hear about that? Oh my gosh, how, did Joseph do that? I don't know who it was. You know all the talking that happens behind closed doors. And Jesus was born into that. A very, very broken situation. Overwhelming. With the responsibility. Simply put, Jesus' birth and Jesus' life point us to one reality. That he was familiar in his life with brokenness. He was familiar with that. That was common to him. He understood brokenness. Isaiah says, and I want you to hear this. He was despised and rejected by men. Jesus was a man of sorrows. He was familiar with suffering, like one whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Do you see that? Like one from whom people hide their faces. Wow. Jesus, as a son of God, born, he came and lived his life, and in that moment, he did not step into this perfect Situation. He stepped into one of brokenness, a level of brokenness that even that most of us in this room cannot identify with. Some of us can, others cannot. Like Jesus, he was the Jesus, a man familiar with brokenness, a man born into brokenness who lived a life of brokenness, so that we could know him then as one sympathetic the brokenness in which we live because he's been there, experienced it. And he has this level of sympathy. You know how it is. You have sympathy and empathy to the highest level for those who are going through the same situations that you have been through. It's just human nature. Who do you want to hang out with when you're going through a difficult time? Someone who's been there. And Jesus says, I've been there. I've experienced I a brokenness to a degree that most of us haven't. And I have sympathy. I am empathetic. I understand, right? For our hearts, much like Isaiah's, we cry out to God, oh, that you would tear the heavens. You would rend the heavens, right? You'd open the heavens, that you would break down this chasm that I feel between us and God, and that you would come down. God, I feel this chasm. I feel this disconnect. God, I'm broken. I'm overwhelmed. God, would you come down? 
Would you come down? But the good news is this. He did come down. He came down in the story of Christmas and now is present with us as Emmanuel, which means God with us. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, come, God. God, you are with us. You have come to us. Not, not, not God near to us, right? Or God who visits us every now and then, but God with us today, present, sympathetic, in the moments of our brokenness and the life in which we live. The reality for so many of us in our brokenness is that we, we get frustrated and angry because, God, why would you let this happen? And God's like, I'm here. I understand. And I even understand why your eyes are focused away from me, but I am here. Cry out. I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. The birth of Jesus was not just an event, but it was the, initiate, the initiation into a new reality that is expressed every day through our personal knowledge of God, of God in our midst, and the personal knowledge and understanding of God with us in our brokenness. But we can't miss the second part of the coming of Jesus. Yes, he came for our brokenness, and he came for our difficulties, and he came to meet us in our moments of need. But the idea is he is God with us, God with us, so that then we can be with Jesus in us, God with them. God giving our life, God through us giving his life away. So you can't miss the story of Christmas and its duality. It's God with us and it's God with the world. Therefore, with God with us and God in us, then guess what? Then we become in our own incarnation of sorts. God to a people in need. We're not God, but you know what I'm getting at. There's this own incarnation of us giving our lives away and allowing Jesus to flow through us to, to those that are in need. We say, why is there so much, and we could say this, why is there so much brokenness in the world? And Jesus asks us the same question. He says, well, I've left myself in you for them. That's the incarnation. We get angry with God for bad things happening or situations happening, and God's saying, but why don't you step into those broken places, those broken moments? Because I, brought, I've, I am the incarnation, and I'm still incarnating myself through you. I'm still being God with flesh on. It's just now your flesh that I'm moving through. Christmas is a duality of God with us. We love that part because we're selfish by nature. We miss the selfless part of giving our life away. This is the, this is the holistic story of Christmas, of God with us, to be in us, to live through us. This is the story of Christmas. But it seems like a grand undertaking, right? And we may say, well, and decide, hey, we are unworthy or at least incapable of actually living out and fleshing out this mission. This seems like it's too much, but before we decide that we're not ready for such a glorious assignment, we have to be encouraged by Mary's example, the mother of Jesus, right? She was underage, 15 or 12 or 13, however old she was. She was really young. She was unmarried, Bastard child Jesus. She was unprepared. 
And she had, and all she had in the moment was her yes to God and a willing and committed heart to follow him, even when everything culturally was against her. Mary is an example for us. It was all she needed, this yes, this willing and committed heart. And through her, this young, innocent, and ultimately ignorant little girl, Christmas came. And God was able to reach all of humanity. Emmanuel, God with us. God incarnate. God with skin on. For us, in our brokenness, so that we in turn could be Jesus. God with skin on for the world today. Still living in its brokenness. And if a little unmarried, unprepared girl with a willing and committed heart was the vessel through whom God could bring salvation to the world, then we too are prime candidates this Christmas to be the ones through whom God brings salvation to the world. Mary is our example. A little girl through whom God moved in a mighty way. Today, with this example, with nothing that we can give, nothing that we can do to earn God's love, all he is wanting from us is to believe him, to trust him, and entrust our lives to him. So today you walked in and you each got a heart, or at least family's got a heart. I want you to pull those hearts out. At Christmas, the, the fullest expression of God's heart was expressed. If you don't have a, a heart, we, you don't have a heart, we can just raise your hand real quick and we'll get you one, okay? Just leave your hand up and just listen while I talk. They'll place it in your hand. At Christmas, God expressed, honestly, the fullness of his heart, right? God expressed the fullness of his heart. He said, I love you. You just need one for family, okay? Just one for family. Just one for family, okay? One for family. You're welcome. I'm, I'm helping you out. God expressed the fullness of his heart, right? He expressed his love for us. He says, this is my heart for you. I'm willing to send my son to you. It's his gift, right? Jesus was his gift. It was the fullest expression, the greatest expression of love that his heart could express and to express his commitment to a creation, right? To express his commitment to us. And the nature tonight is simply this uh, of Christmas, that you understand this. Christmas tomorrow will be a giving and receiving, right? You're going to be receiving gifts, hopefully. You're going to be giving gifts if you're, if you're, if you're smart. And, and you're giving and you are receiving, husbands, right? You're giving and receiving gifts. It's this beautiful picture, this nature of giving and receiving, right? And so tonight we said we want to do the same thing. If Christmas is about giving and receiving, then we need to give back to Jesus tonight. We're not giving him something so we can earn his love or even prove, uh, prove love or anything crazy like that. You, you can't earn anything from God. You can't prove anything to God. He already loves you as much as tonight as he did yesterday and he will forever, right? He loves you the same every day of your life. So your heart tonight and your gift to him is not to prove or to earn anything. It's simply to express. Isn't that what gifts are for? Gifts are simply to express something that the person probably already knows. You're expressing your love and appreciation. 
And so tonight, what you're going to do is this. You're going to take one minute. As a family, as an individual, or as a couple, I don't care how you do it, but I want you to take, I want you to share pens, okay? Take a minute or two, and I want you to take that heart and write something on it that's an, ex- that's an expression of your heart commitment to God. Whatever that looks like. God, this is my commitment to you. I just want to express my love to you, and God, I want to commit myself. As you committed yourself to us by giving your son, and I've given you my life, I want to commit my time, my energies, whatever it may be, okay? It's between you and the Lord, right? But as a cup, I want you as a family, because this is a family commitment that you're making. Or if you're an individual, I want you to make it as an individual. This is my commitment to you. I want you to sit there. I want you to write something down. We literally sat right here in the, in the listen, in, if, you, if, if the first service can do it, y'all can do it. We had 16 jillion little kids running around, okay? It was not quiet in here whatsoever, okay? And it was like a thousand little kids, and we sat here, and everyone kind of talked amongst themselves, right? So this is the time you don't have to whisper, use your inside voice, okay? Just kind of talk to one another, but I want you, in sincerity, to come before the Lord and say, God, I want to give you my heart. I want to express this. He made, he made me this. God, I've already committed to you this, but I just want to, just again, Listen, I tell my wife every day that I love her. She already knows it, but I say it again. Why? I just want her, I just want to reaffirm and express it. So if you've already said, whatever you're going to write down, if you said it 45,000 times, great. 45,001, write it down. But it's simply your commitment and expression of love for Jesus at this Christmas. Okay? So with that, take a minute, write that down. Now here's what I want you to do, Okay? As soon as you get done, Harvey, you can go ahead and come back up, okay? As soon as you get done, I want you to come forward, and I want you to put this with the heart into the box. And then I want each of you to come up and get a candle, light your candle on these candles, and go back to your seat, and we'll begin singing some Christmas, singing some songs to candlelight, okay? You all understand? Okay. Take a minute or two, write something down, and and as soon as you get done, you can go ahead and come up and put it here in the box.